0: I see we have the same barber, too. We go to the same barber shop. Same,
1: same barber boy, same. Mine has a little gray in it, though. Yours is a little glistening. I got young. one gray hair.
0: Yeah, I got one gray hair. It just popped up. When I, It was crazy. It popped up right when I turned 30. It just sprouted. One little gray hair right in there. Yep. I'm on the way. I'm gonna be looking like you sooner than later with the all gray. Hey, man,
1: that's, I like it uh, fine as wine. That's how I look at it. You know, just that's right. You know, so, um, But yeah, let me uh, go ahead and kind of jump into it and we can kind of uh, chop it up a little bit and and kind of go from there.
0: Sounds like a plan.
1: Cool, cool. So, uh, hey guys, what's going on? My name is Pat Brown. I'm a financial advisor uh, here in Lawrence, Kansas with Edmunds Duncan Investment Advisors. Uh, Played football for the University of Kansas many, many, many years ago, a long time ago and uh, enjoyed my time there immensely. Met a lot of great people and uh, became very passionate Uh, there at the university uh, in regards to financial literacy for student athletes and as time has gone on I've uh, kind of created a a platform if you will of uh, trying to help uh, student athletes um, learn more about financial literacy and so that's led me down this path of interviewing former student athletes with the hopes that current student athletes can learn from some of their successes and failures and so uh, my guest for today is Taj Deshawn I want to make sure pronounce your name correctly Taj Deshaun right
0: yes sir that's correct my full name is Taj Deshaun Johnson i go by Taj Deshawn we'll save that for another another episode but
1: <laughs> yes sir you
0: got it right you got it
1: right okay okay so um what i like to do i always like to read uh basically the, the definition of financial literacy and, and the reason i do that uh, with all these uh interviews is just uh, i think the uh, financial literacy has such a bad connotation that um you know, when you hear literacy, and you know, a lot of guys may think, "Oh, I'm just not the smartest person in the world," um, and kind of stay away from it. So, um, financial literacy is the possession of a set of skills and knowledge that allows an individual to make informed and effective decisions uh, with all their financial resources. And you know, with being an athlete, uh, it's it's very very similar. Uh, you know, the, the habits that we learn, um, the skills that we learn, the repetition that we learn it's no different than financial literacy as far as just learning those same type of tools and, and trying to implement those on a day-to-day basis. Um, so uh, again, I think a lot of guys just have this kind of, you know, conception that it's, it's totally different. So having said that, I got my man Taj on, played at the or Stony Brook University. And as we were kind of talking earlier, uh, play cornerback as well as safety. So, so for that, but for uh, those guys that are listening, um, he has a great story. I, I followed him on LinkedIn. And and uh, like I said, this definitely should be a good conversation. So welcome, Taj, man. Thanks for uh, coming on.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Pat. It's a pleasure. We were talking beforehand. Uh, I love the work you're doing. I love the mission you're on. And I'm just happy to be a part of the conversation
1: today. No doubt, no doubt. So um, if we just kind of dive into it, man, um, you know, tell me your thoughts on money. Uh, looking back your, your freshman year, your sophomore year, did anyone ever talk to you about you know uh credit uh you know banking or anything of that nature
0: absolutely not and that's one <laughs> of the reasons i'm excited <laughs> like
1: absolutely not uh that's why
0: i'm excited about your mission because I, I think it's it's huge what you're doing to be able to shed light on this topic and it's mm-hmm. funny in your intro how you mentioned that you said that when often we when talk about financial literacy people will start you know running for the hills like oh i'm not the smartest person and and right. that was my thought process too I used to be afraid of money um and what I mean by that is like afraid of I grew up in a household where you know things were tight so
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know how it is especially not to get into race but sometimes in black households it's like that's one of the things you don't talk about like money taboo. it's a stressful yes yeah, very taboo and stressful so um but to your, your original question was about my freshman year I had no idea I was just happy to be on scholarship in college uh, I was happy to have a stipend check that I would take, you know, to New York City and, and blow in the clubs and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I, did, I had no sort of no conversations about credit or savings or anything like that. I was just happy to be there and get my education paid
1: for it. So, uh, you know, when you came on to the campus, did anyone ever from, I guess, the university standpoint, you know, we got these young men coming on campus. Was there anything where they were saying, hey, look, hey, don't don't spend all your, your stipend check in one month. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah you already
0: know the answer to that pat you went through <laughs> it too <laughs> absolutely not sorry there was no sort of discussion like here's a check you know and it was more money than i'd ever had in my bank account of course as an 18 year old just to like like wow this is this is a lot of money so immediately me and my boys we went straight to the mall time to get some new right.
1: shoes <laughs> yep
0: yep you know I that's that's shoes. pretty much that of course that's that's how it was no conversations absolutely not
1: Man, I I hear you. We, um, I don't know how it was on on your campus, uh, but a lot of times that, you know, in these areas I share, so at uh, the University of Kansas, up on campus, you know, you can go up there, um, they have these different carts, and we can go get your nice little t-shirt, you can get a little pack of Skittles, all you got to do is fill out this application, next thing you know, you got this piece of plastic coming in the mail with a credit limit, and you buy whatever you want. And so, (laughs) When I was coming up, I just, I didn't understand credit at all. Um, again, si- similar to what you were saying, as far as uh, just didn't talk about it at home. And so here I am with a, uh, you know, credit card at 18 years old or whatever. And, you know, I'm spending on shoes and, you know, next, next month I, I get a bill. Like, you know, what am I, what, what do I do with this? What do you mean a bill? Oh, I got a <laughs> pay. Oh. So, man, I, I hear you on that, man. I definitely hear you. Um. So, uh, again, looking back, what do you think some of your best financial uh, decisions you made in college and and what were some of the worst, if you have any?
0: I don't have any. Honestly, Pat, I can't go back and look at my college (laughs) experience and be like I made any good financial decisions. There were none. (laughs) So I'll share some more bad ones just for the sake of this conversation. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Let's do
1: those.
0: Um, Yeah. So, number one, I, you know, I, I moved off campus my sophomore year, still getting the stipend check. The problem was, you know, this was my first time managing, paying rent and paying bills. So I was still spending like crazy. And for people who who don't know, Stony Brook University is in Long Island. But there's a train on campus that will take you directly to New York City, to Times Square. So it's 45 minutes. As a young kid, you know, coming from California and being in New York now, my friends and I, we were on that train anytime, any chance we get just to go to the city and have a ball. So I found myself in situations where here I was having to ask my parents to send me money, which they weren't super happy about. Um, (laughs) I had a little bit more leeway because I was on scholarship. So they were glad they weren't paying for college, but I would blow my check. No sort of budgeting, no sort of calculating. Okay, well, you're going to have to pay rent. What about gas? What about groceries? All these different things. (laughs) I'm at the club, like I'm a big shot every weekend in New York City. Yeah, balling out for no reason, you know? Um, So that was a challenge. And honestly, I didn't really, and it's funny because I always used to think uh you know growing up you hear stories of people in credit card debt and things like that and i used to think well that's so dumb why would you spend money you don't have and you know i thought i was wise back then but then i graduated from college and when i moved back home i was i got my first credit card and i i I was so desperate to move out of my mom and dad's house to have that freedom that i had in college that i put my first month's rent to move out on a credit card so i was starting out in the hole in my adult life (laughs) And uh, it just got worse from there. And it took me a lot of time to, to dig out of it. So it's been a journey, to say the least. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned uh, just earlier how, as far as bad decision. And one of the reasons I asked that question, because a lot of times, uh, number one, we don't talk about it. Uh, that's first and foremost. But number two, you know, those that are listening and hearing, you know, your message, I think it's just important that they hear, OK, here are our struggles. Here's what we struggle with we've been there, we've done that. We're out of uh, school now. But here are some of the struggles that we had while we're in school even affecting us to this day. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing that um, with us. So um, looking back on college now, what do you wish you have done different in regards to dealing with money?
0: I think that I would have found um, someone who knew what they were talking about an expert, right? So someone who was well off, or someone who dealt with finance for a living, like yourself, and mm-hmm. got some guidance on that, and, and just had a conversation, and just got educated because, you know, it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know. So yep. I didn't know that I was uh, ignorant when it came to finance. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but if I could go back and talk to my former self, I'd be like, number one, control your spending. You know, at least have some sort of budget to make sure you're not having to call and ask your parents for money. Uh, <laughs> let's let's take care of that portion first. And then also look at some ways that you can start building credit because if I would have started early, then by the time I graduated, I would have graduated with an 800, you know, credit score instead of having no credit history. So,
1: yeah.
0: you know, there's a lot I would, you know, I would have hopefully found somebody like you to give me some guidance and get my mind right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned something that it, uh, it, it, you know, rings a bell with me. So. Um, As I mentioned before about the whole credit thing, you know, I was on campus just getting, you know, getting my pack of Skittles and my t-shirt and uh, didn't understand credit. And so even today, when I do talk to younger guys, um, one of the things I talk to is credit, understanding credit. Yes, it is a dangerous, very dangerous thing. However, if used correctly, it could be very, very beneficial. And so my daughter who uh, just graduated from uh, USC on California, um, first thing I did, you know when she became a freshman was get her credit card. And I sat down with her and I explained how to use it, the you know, correct way to use it. You know, get it paid off, you know, buy something paid off, buy something paid off. And so now you fast forward, she's sitting in a situation, she understands how to use it. And now she has a good credit score. So when she goes and you know whether it's getting a place to stay, whether it's you know financing a car, you know, it's gonna be look it's gonna look a little bit better uh, for her versus um, you know, the, the latter. And so for those that are watching, understand credit makes a difference for employment, uh, makes a difference uh, as far as leasing, getting a, you know, cell phone, uh, obviously, you know, a, a car, it, it makes a big, even insurance. If you get insurance, they check your credit. So I'm glad you mentioned that as well. <laughs> as <laughs> it, it makes a, it makes a big, uh, big difference. So. Um, So how have the life or how have the habits you formed in college affected life after college or has it?
0: Uh, Definitely has. I was forming bad habits. Mm -hmm. And so when I graduated, those bad habits continued. Uh, I found myself in a bit of a hole. And what I had to do was I started educating myself. By that time, I was in my early 20s and trying to play catch up on credit card bills. So. Yeah, I had to create new habits. That's the best way I can answer your question. My habits were terrible. So I had to create new habits and understand how to manage money, um, how to pay off my debt so I could not have that hanging over my head. Um, and then get to a point where I was talking to you, you know, before we started recording, I just turned 30 about a month ago. And I'm just now starting to be in a place where I'm debt free. Uh, my income is, is steadily increasing, um, but I could have been in this position a lot earlier had I been educated, had I had better habits.
1: Um, yeah. But you live and you learn. So here I am.
0: <laughs> you yeah, and you, and
1: you make a, a, another good, great point. So when I start this little platform or, or passion project, people are not gonna get rich off of what I'm saying. Um, my whole thought process is I want to shorten that, that gap for learning. So the, the quicker you learn about, for example, credit, um, you know, it's better off you're going to be so that you're not making these mistakes. You're able to develop the habits a little bit quicker uh, versus uh, not, you know, developing these habits. So even at 30, being debt free, you're still ahead of the game. Believe it or not. Um, right. A lot of people would love to be, you know, in your position. So, um, you know, you, you're a quick learner. Put it that way, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's good to hear. I don't always feel that way. So that's a good affirmation. Thank you for, uh, for the words of encouragement i appreciate absolutely.
1: that absolutely absolutely uh so we're kind of coming towards the end as far as the questions are concerned um what are some of the pitfalls you would hope that your story could prevent for young uh, student athletes out there so again you know the young Tajs of the world if you will um what do you think your story could help them with yeah i think this has been a great
0: conversation because i'm i'm able to reflect i don't know if i've reflected like this so this you know thank you for having this conversation because this creates a space to do that so some of the things we've been talking about so far i hope they take away from my story to number one control your spending you know make sure you you have a um, make sure you have a budget and you're being intentional about where your money's going so you don't find yourself in any sticky any sticky situations also Mm -hmm. educate yourself you know get with professionals uh reach out to pat you know make sure uh (laughs) Get your mind right. Get educated on all the resources that Pat has for you. Um, I'd say, you know, if you don't don't have it, don't spend it. Like, don't be careful about the credit cards. Oh, start early. That was another great point that you brought up about how you got your daughter situated her freshman year. Um, Start earlier than that if you can. You know, I I know people now who they – I heard, you know, correct me if this is wrong, Pat, but you can have – even as a child, like, you don't even have to be 18 you can add a child to your like as a on your credit card is that possible can you do that as like if you have a five-year-old kid
1: right yeah um then you know certainly that, that would help i haven't heard it as early as five but you know certainly if you know high score even you know potentially middle school if you know um, add them as an authorized user and of mm-hmm. course that just obviously increases and helps their credit uh, long term uh, but again just learning those tools and creating those habits are just Uh, they're they're big. Um, You know, even, you know, we start talking about dealing with, whether it's banking or, you know, investment accounts. Again, you're not going to get rich while you're in college. However, if you develop those habits, whether it's $20 a month, uh, whether it's $30, I mean, we eat more than in food. So by, you know, opening some, some type of account and learning, you know, getting those statements, reading those statements, understanding what a stock is, understand what a mutual fund is, just educating yourself just to kind of go back to your, your initial point, uh, create those habits, keep learning. So I'm, um, you're, you're right on the ball with that, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I, I, um, it made me excited when I heard that news the other day that you can actually add them as an authorized user. Cause I don't have kids yet, but when I do, that's like, Oh, I'm definitely going to have them set up as early as possible. You know,
1: absolutely. No doubt. Um, so, and like I said, we're kind of uh, coming to the end. I, I wanted to touch on this because I uh, touched on something else. Uh, so on, on LinkedIn, like I said, I, that's where I first saw and kind of listened to what you had to say. But um, you also have a book, which I see over your the right uh, right shoulder there. Um, yes, sir. Thrive and Scott, Thrive After Sports, Helping Athletes Dominate the Game of Life. Um, and a lot of what you said resonated you know certainly with me even at my my old ripe age you know as as athletes we're so linear as far as how we think about things um you know i I, I gotta be an nfl player or nothing else matters uh your identity gets so ingrained in you know what you do as an athlete on the field or the court um, and even to this day yes i'm older yes i realize that I'm, i am more than quote an athlete or was uh, athlete back in the old days but i have to have goals in order (laughs) to do things like i just can't go do something i I need to have a goal i need to in order to do X Y Z, I need to have a goal And so it's it's interesting as as athletes that you just kind of always have these ingrained uh, goals so if if anything you can just kind of touch on kind of what you're doing now like i said uh, you know the book the podcast man just going to because i think what you don't you're doing is just so important for that space after you know, an athlete essentially retires, whether it's college or, or pros.
0: Yeah, thank you for that, Pat. Um, the book came about totally by accident. I've been working with athletes since 2017. So I mentioned when I came out of college, I struggled for a few years, was definitely struggling with my identity now that I was no longer a football player, uh, was struggling financially. I was I was making good money, but because I had dug myself into a hole with credit cards and didn't understand budgeting and spending, Uh, I was in a weird place. And then around the age of 26, um, I had this epiphany, and that was 2017. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I felt like I I was being called to do something more. And because I had reached that point at 26 where I was making great money and recruiting, I was managing a team, um, I had sort of made it from the outside looking in, and I had a lot of teammates who were like former teammates, even guys I I played uh, high school ball with who were kind of struggling so i became like an unofficial mentor to these guys and then they would um start to refer other people to me like family members like hey my cousin i remember the first one uh, he was like my cousin just finished playing basketball at tcu it was a women's basketball player so i'm like oh this is bigger than just football players and then i started doing research and i was like wow this is something that a lot of athletes are struggling with and there was really no resources it's getting better now but in 2017 there was virtually nothing you know there was like one article on the ncaa website that taught you how to you know prepare for a job interview and i'm like that's really not uh addressing this issue head on so before i knew it i was doing these coaching calls before work after work on the weekends and i was really enjoying it and i was doing research and i'm like okay i'm gonna put together some curriculum so i actually formed my coaching program thrive after sports going into 2018 um and just consistently just pushed forward with it and started to get a reputation I partnered with uh, different athletic departments and they would send me people. And then I partnered with Athlete Soul, uh, which is a great nonprofit and they have funding where I'm able to work with transitioning athletes for free and Athlete mm-hmm. Soul, will I'll, I will invoice them and they will pay me with some of the grant money.
1: That's, that's
0: awesome. So it's been great. And then I started the podcast, uh, Thrive After Sports, available on all podcast platforms. Go check out Thrive After Sports um, in 2019. And then I published my book same name, Thrive After Sports in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, that book was released. And the company that I published my book through, uh, I hit it off with the owner. He's a former football player. He played at Stephen F. Austin out here in Texas. And uh, he's about 10 years older than me. He became a business mentor. Long story short, he really loved what I was doing because I published my book through his company. And he invited me on as vice president to essentially build out a sports division helping more athletes tell their stories and publish books so i've been doing that since since last year as well around the same time my book came out and uh so yeah that's what i do i'm helping people publish books and leverage books for speaking engagements and that's been a fun part of it because i can do what i was already doing in the athlete transition space but now i have a whole team and an entire company behind me to support my projects
1: man todd boy go ahead and do the thing
0: (laughs) i'm trying pat you know Came a long way from uh, blowing money on shoes at Foot Locker with a cycle check.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. appreciate it. Awesome. Um, Well, did you, you know, after you kind of got towards the end of your school, I mean, did you have any aspirations of trying to make it to the NFL or anything of that nature? Or were you just like, yeah, it is what it is? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I didn't have a good enough career to have any NFL prospects. I think that, uh, you know, people always blame it on politics and stuff like that. It was a combination of things. I had a a bunch of different coaching changes, not head coach, but defensive coordinators and position Mm -hmm. coaches. And you know how it goes. They bring in their players. So I never really got a chance to shine. I never got an opportunity to play. Um, And then so I kind of knew that I wasn't going to the league around my junior year. I was like, this is not happening. Um, But I was still unprepared because, you know, you just – eat breathe and sleep football 24 seven so it's like yeah. but yeah no no nfl prospects on my horizon
1: hey man it's it's not all glamorous as as they portray it uh, which i'm sure you know it's only a certain percentage that that money really hits but then like you said the the other uh it is not it's not what people think put it that way um, right so you know um before we get off i had a conversation literally just the other day a um, former student athlete uh, she ran track and uh, we were just talking about just the mental aspect of things and uh, you know the financial literacy and you know you get to leave in school and if your finances are not right it it causes you to kind of spiral uh, and so and, and then of course talking to you how you just kind of mentioned a little bit as far as just not necessarily knowing where you're what you want to do and kind of got going to a kind of a depression. And so so the depression, the, you know, the mental side of things after football, I'm I'm seeing a lot more since I've started, I guess, doing this this passion project where uh, it's obviously it's a real thing. I mean, guys and girls, you know, deal with this quite a bit. And I I just had no idea, you know, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, so uh, like I said, it's it's good that what you're doing, because there's definitely space for it.
0: Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. And the feeling's mutual. I love what you're doing too. It's so important. And I know that people listening to this episode, just by what you're sharing and all the people you have on your show, there's, you know, you're doing, you're doing great work, you know, and, um, I appreciate you for allowing me to contribute to this conversation because we, we could literally be saving lives right now by talking about this type of
1: stuff. Yeah. Just people can just take a couple of (laughs) nuggets. Yes, sir. So, but, um, Man, I, like I said, I appreciate your time. I'll let you get going. And uh, let's uh, definitely stay in contact, man. And you never know down the road, let's do another show. Let's do it. I'd love to have you on my show as well. I'll, uh
0: I'll reach out to you and, and we can kind of coordinate because this is the first of many conversations I can already tell. It's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no doubt, man. Well, I'll let you get going, man. I appreciate you and uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch.
0: Sounds good, Pat. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yep. Take care. You too.